little bit of colder weather and uh, where's that coming Definitely having technical Row with the punches, my friend. I was actually not able to log in. Live from the Watchdogs Radio Studio in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Watchdogs National Office in Springdale, Arkansas, you are listening to Watchdogs Radio. Watchdogs Radio is a production of the Dads of Great Students program of the National Center of Fathering. For more information, go to fathers.com slash watchdogs. And now, here's the host of Watchdogs Radio, Keith Shoemaker. Once again, well, obviously the uh, computer <laughs> at Blog Talk Radio is a little... Uh, their clocks are a little bit different than ours today. <laughs> well, with Keith, sometimes so, you got to roll the punches, and uh, I think that's one of those glitches. I was logging in when you were having trouble. I, lo- I, I got off the, my initial line, uh, went in, into a different line, logged in. When I logged in, you were there. Uh, <laughs> we, heard that, we heard that sound, that beep, beep, and then I, I switched to my initial line, got off that sound, making the beep, because it was on hold. And then probably okay. after about 30 seconds, it it played the introduction. So we'll just well, roll with the punches. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, we have made it through the holiday time. We've uh, made it through New Year's. And uh, and i got to tell you, Chris, you know I had a, a absolutely great New Year's. I'm very happy with that. I don't want to get off on that just yet. But uh, today is the day everybody gets back to normal. The kids are back in school. Uh, here they actually had a teacher work day yesterday. So I know a lot of the schools went back on uh, Monday. So, uh, so yeah, everybody's getting back to normal into that, that long winter stretch between now and, uh, and spring break. And uh, some of the schools get a February break, but, uh, but this year I know we don't, uh, different schools on different schedules. So uh, we're getting ready to, you know, just uh, put the nose to the grindstone and, uh, and hopefully uh, make it through to spring break. How, uh, how, how are things with the holidays with you, Chris? That, that things are fine, you know. I mentioned what happened to, to my personal family earlier before we went live, and uh, you know things are good. Uh, kids are back in school. Uh, they actually started yesterday, where uh, some of their friends in different districts were off. Like you mentioned, they're in Atlanta. Being uh, teachers had to go back, but the kids were off. Uh, you know, but I tell my kids, "Hey, kids, look. Sometime in February, you'll get a day off when the others." Uh, schools or districts are back in session. You'll get a day off and, and get a sleep in and and uh, rest. So uh, you know it all works out. It all balances out. It all comes out to somewhere around 100, 180, 175 days a year. And you know, Chris, those 175 or 180 days, whatever your district is doing, you know that's uh, 180 days that dads can pick one of those 180 and take a day off and come in and spend it volunteering in their child's classroom. And that's what we're here to talk about. So, uh, Chris, have you got any new, uh, anything new going on, any new initiatives for uh, 2015? We still, I know we're cruising on to the end of the school year. This is really the middle of the year for us. Sure, sure. You know, we, you know, we fully expect to be in about 47, uh, 4,800 schools by the end of the, uh, the school year. Uh, I will say this, you know, we, we, went, we ran a military uh, 
promotion there on our on our dog store. We'll be looking for something to roll out maybe uh, tomorrow or Thursday on our dog store. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say exactly what that is just yet, okay? Because nothing's been finally, you know, officially right. approved, but it's probably 90% there. So there could be uh, some discounts on the dog store. Uh, be looking okay. for that. And secondly, I want to mention uh, I updated our. Uh, uh, some stories on our website. We now have over 60 stories uh, that are in the news where uh, viewers can go to our watchdogs in the news on our website. It's near the bottom. Uh, if you go to fathers.com slash watchdogs, uh, once you're on our website, scroll down past the Matt Lauer and the ABC News and the Heroes of the Hallway. Uh, you'll see three featured stories below the Facebook and the uh, Watchdogs Radio uh, icons, and then once you go into that, there are about 60 stories for you to uh, to read different articles or watch videos of schools that have launched Watchdogs recently. Wow, and that's, uh, you know, it's funny, we get these Google updates every time there's a story about Watchdogs, uh, and Google kind of trips over, we get a, a update on it, and it's always encouraging to see how many schools, I mean, we're just constantly getting news stories that we don't initiate, but that are coming uh, through to us from all across the country uh, talking about how the Watchdogs program is being implemented in local schools and, and the success that they're having. So it's been, uh, it's been really good. You know, uh, Chris, we got a call uh, from a, a good friend. Uh, you ever heard of uh, Bobby Boucher, you know, the water boy? Yes, yes. Yeah, he, we, we got a little something from him. Hey, how you doing? This is Bobby Boucher. I wish I would have had a watchdog at my school and had a positive male role model in my life. Instead, at home, I had Steve. Uh-huh. Sign up to be a watchdog now and don't be a Steve. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're always glad to have uh, some uh, some guest appearances whenever we can. So, uh, so thank you, Bobby, for uh, for uh, calling in and telling us all about your uh, your childhood. So. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely, Bobby Boucher. You know he uh, he was a, a local town hero. Exactly, uh, would have been a hero of the hallway, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, um, you know we've got you know quite a few. You said we're going to be in coming up on you think forty seven hundred. I know we're over forty five. Well, yeah, now. we're at forty five hundred. We have about two hundred in pre launch. I fully believe, you know, we'll probably have uh, pick up, you know, 80 to 100 schools this uh, this spring semester. That that's not on our radar yet. So right. uh, I fully believe with the work that you're doing and uh, the Eric will be doing, I I think we can get there. You know, it. You know, I told our our my kids last night that uh, I'll be a little bit late. I want them to write down three to five uh, goals. Uh, some to be uh, easier attainable than others. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's going to be a, a challenge, but something that we can attain uh, mm-hmm. just by doing the work that we do. Certainly. You know, uh, you know, we've had, we get a chance to get out and see schools all over the country, uh, you know, primarily Eric and I out, out traveling. And, of course, mm-hmm. if you are listening to us on Watchdogs Radio and you're in the process of putting together a conference, a meeting, of either school counselors, uh, PTA, uh, school administrators, and you would like to uh, have us bring the live training to you, 
uh, give us a call and and uh, we'll see if we can fit you in our schedule. You know, I just updated the schedule on our Facebook page of our uh, our travel schedule, training opportunities that are out there. You know, I'm going to be going here in a few days just to a local school here um, in the metro Atlanta area uh, over here at Tap Elementary in Powder Springs and in, in training the uh, PTA there. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, those are opportunities. Now, we can't really get out to every single school when you're looking at you know, over 4,500 schools. But if you're putting together a state-level conference, if you're putting together, uh, you know, as I said, counselors, teachers, um, um, administrators, PTAs, uh, let us know. We'll come out and we'll bring the training to you live so that we can get the program started in your local area. Because we know that when a school, one school in particular, launches a watchdogs program, we know that that program will grow from there on out. So, you know, obviously... We are always uh, looking forward to to doing that. So, uh, Chris, as we uh, get ready to go into our break, I'm kind of excited. We've got a, a great guest coming up, uh, uh, an author, a friend of mine, that uh, we're going to hear from here in just a few minutes. But have you got anything uh, as we're uh, closing out and heading into the break? Well, I, I just hope that uh, you and James and the uh, city of uh, Atlanta doesn't have to deal with what you had last year with uh, the snowstorm that hit and had the... Uh, you know, congestion there for uh, that 24-hour, 40-hour period that happened. So uh, we oh, can yeah. discuss that uh, when we come back. All right. Sounds good. And let me find where I need to get to here. Um, actually, we've got about another minute to go. So <laughs> I uh, get all ahead of myself. This is just a rambling mess today, I'll tell you. Uh, and we apologize for any technical issues we've had uh, coming into the show. But uh, once again, you are listening to Watchdogs Radio, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, and from the Watchdogs National Office in Springdale, Arkansas. We're going to head into the break, and when we come back, we'll hear from Jim Dwyer, uh, an author of a uh, book about World War II called Annihilation Beach. on the park ranger's computer. I'm signing up to be a watchdog, boo-boo, so I'll get free picnic baskets. Sometimes I'm so smart, it hurts. Yogi, I don't think that's how it works. Here comes the park ranger. Run, boo-boo. Run! It's true, isn't it? They grow up so fast. Carrie Casey, author and CEO of the National Center for Fathering and Father of Four, suggest a way to make the most of every week on Today's Father. Maybe you heard it during the holidays from the grandparents or other extended family. My, how the children have grown. Maybe you saw some old photos or home videos and were stunned. Were they ever really that little? Are our kids really growing up that fast? You bet. But part of it could be our perception because we haven't fully tuned in and savored every moment with them. As one New Year's resolution, consider this idea one of our trainers adapted from an email circulating some time ago. 
Step one, start by thinking ahead and coming up with a date in the future when your child will no longer be as available to spend time with you, maybe graduating from high school or when he'd likely start college. Get out a calendar and figure out within a week or two when that will happen two, five, ten, or fifteen years from now. Then calculate how many weeks are left until that day. Do this for each of your children. Step two, buy a bunch of marbles. That's right, marbles. Find a clear container for each child and fill it with the number of marbles as the number of weekends you calculated for that child. For an eight-year-old, that would be more than 500 marbles. Then put the containers in a place you'll see just about every day. Step three, then once a week, take one marble from each container and throw it away. For this to be really effective, you can't keep those marbles. You have to toss them. That will remind you that even though you may have hundreds left, another week of your life and your child's life is gone forever. Do that every Sunday night or Monday morning, and I guarantee you'll soon begin to refocus your priorities. You'll start to ask yourself, what did I do with the opportunities I had to connect with my child, demonstrate love, show encouragement, and teach him the ways of God? Now, it could be your family thinks you're losing your marbles. Well, I believe you'll still take the lesson to heart. In today's world, we need reminders that time is precious each and every moment. Since we're losing our marbles, let's make it count while we still have them. Because indeed, our children do grow up so fast. This is Carrie Casey for Today's Father. To get our free ebook for dads, The Five Things Every Kid Must Get From Dad, just visit fathers.com. Again, that's fathers.com. Or you can call 800-593-DADS. Thanks for listening, Dad, and keep up the good work. You're listening to Watch Dogs Radio. Now, back to the show. Dad, have you ever wanted to know what my day is really like at school? Now you can find out. You can be a watchdog for a day at my school. DOG stands for Dad's a Great Student. Watchdogs are great. They greet me and my friends at the door in the morning and spend time with us in our classrooms. At lunch, at recess, and at the end of the day, they make sure we go safe. I know my education is important to you, and I would be so proud if you could come. Madison's dad has already volunteered, and he is coming back again soon. I love you, Dad. Go to fathers.com slash watchdogs. Well, the staff of the Watchdogs National Office would like to wish you a very happy new year. We are very thankful for all the great administrators, teachers, and parents who utilized the Watchdogs program to engage fathers and father figures in 2014. We're looking forward to another record year in 2015. Contact your local school to see if a Watchdogs program is available. If not, you can bring this awesome program to your school by visiting www.fathers.com slash watchdogs or call our national office at 888-540-DOGS. That's 888-540-3647. And you can talk to one of the great folks out there at the Watchdogs National Office, like my good friend Chris Dannenauer. Chris, you back with us? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm here waiting to hear uh, some information about this uh, guest that okay. we have on our show. All right. Well, in that case, let me just bring him on right here. It is uh, my honor to bring on a, a good friend of mine, a, a co-worker at uh, 
at the fire department. I've known this man for uh, for many years, and uh, actually I taught his uh, recruit school, but uh, didn't really know that much about him until uh, here about uh, four or five months ago. We sat down and talked uh, about some of the things that we've got going on in our life, and I didn't realize that the man is a published author and has a uh, a pretty amazing background. So uh, I thought, hey, this is a great time. We'd like to bring on authors on uh, Watch Dogs Radio Program. And uh, this is uh, this is sort of a guy's program today. This is a oorah kind of day. Uh, I would like to bring on a good friend of mine, Mr. Jim Dwyer, who is uh, the author of Annihilation Beach. Jim, welcome to the Watch Dogs Radio Show. Thank you so much, Cap. Well, uh, we are glad to have you with us. And uh, what I usually do, since I usually kind of uh, mess things up, I let the guests kind of introduce their background and a little bit about themselves. Uh-huh. And uh, and we want to talk about uh, talk about your book, and then we're going to talk about uh, some of the work you're doing here in the community. Okay, um, I I am I am a 1980 graduate of uh, West Point, and what, as you may know, when you go to West Point, they uh, you're you serve as a or you get paid um, a private first class pay. So, the entire time, it's kind of like a free ride to school, but the way they get it back is when you graduate, you, at least when I went, you had to spend five years in the Army uh, mandatory, mm-hmm. so I did that. Um, I was stationed down at, for the most of the time, I was stationed at Fort Stewart, Georgia. I was an armored cavalry officer, Okay. And, but I kind of knew that the military wasn't, uh, when I was in back in, I graduated West Point in 1980, and at that time period, uh, unlike today, there was no really active uh, hostilities going on. It was still part of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. And we kind of knew in our hearts that we were never going to fight the Russians. So I, I kind of found it frustrating. Um, maybe I just didn't, I wasn't uh, paying attention enough. But um, I, I didn't, I decided I was going to leave the military after five years. And I ended up going down. I grew up in New Jersey. My father was a stockbroker who worked on Wall Street, so I kind of gravitated in that direction and ended up spending nine years working down on Wall Street, right across the street from the World Trade Centers for most of the time I was there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided to leave New York, and I moved. My parents had left New Jersey, and they moved down to the Atlanta area, to Marietta, in 1993, so... Uh, I decided I, I just had had it with New York City, and having coming down to Atlanta and visited them, I loved the weather, I loved the people, everybody seemed so nice. So uh, I packed my bags and moved down to Atlanta in 1995, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I began working as a stockbroker at a firm called AG Edwards with my father, and I spent nine years there. Okay. And when I while I was working there. Um, Unfortunately, I came to the realization that I didn't have the genes that my father had, <laughs> that uh, being a stockbroker was not going to be my way to living a happy, successful life. Um, right. And I just kind of knew. What's that? You got that type A personality. You got to be in the action. Uh, you know, I, uh, maybe, I don't know if I'm a type A. In, in some ways, maybe I am. In some ways, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think I am, you know. It's, okay, um, okay. Um, well, Jim, and, what? Uh, and and of course we know you know your background with uh, you know we've we've been spending time together with the fire department. But what right. led you to uh, what led you to 
thinking that you wanted to do some writing and and why of course obviously your uh your background in the marine corps but um or your military background what was it that led you to uh to writing and your fascination with uh world war 2 well that that has been i mean as a i can still I mean, there are certain points i think everyone remembers in their life and for me it was believe it or not sitting in detention in 7th grade <laughs> uh, and what they made us do, I don't think they have that nowadays. Maybe you guys know in school, but uh, I remember sitting in, you know, after th- about four o'clock in the afternoon, they they made us stay in our library, and I was just looking at the shelves and stacks of books around me, and I got up. No one was kind of monitoring us. We, you know, it was like, um, so I just got up and started looking at all the books, mm-hmm. and I stumbled onto the military book section. <laughs> and I can remember the first book I pulled off, it was not the first book, it was one I, I, that I pulled off and checked out, and I probably ran. I can remember, I was so excited, it was a book about Marine and Navy fighter pilots in World mm-hmm. War Two. Mm-hmm. My wife is just pulling in, so if you hear a bunch of barking, I have four <laughs> dogs sitting around me okay. listening to me talk. Um, All right. So I, I read that, I can still remember sitting at home reading that book, that night and a whole new world was opened up to me. And from that point I was addicted to the military. And so literally it started for me in, in seventh grade and the rest of all through my entire high school, I just remember reading all sorts of military books. Hmm. And for some reason, well, maybe it was because the Navy and the Marines, that was the first book I read, but it was the, Island war in the Pacific that I was drawn to then the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of stayed with me all through my adult life. Uh, you know, what led me to writing a book was I was kind of bored at work mm-hmm. and I was thinking, okay, if this is not going to financially work out for me, I got to really start thinking about where I want to <laughs> go with my life, you know? Right. Um, and I thought, what what really intrigued me as a as a kid? And I remember the first books I had ever read before the military books were Hardy Boy books. I don't know if right. you happen to remember Joe and Frank Hardy. They were oh yeah two brothers who solved you know they became like junior sleuths and helped the local police force solve crimes. Right. And I remember how excited I was. Couldn't wait to see the next cover of a Hardy Boy book coming out. Uh, and you know, my parents would take me to the local department store, and I would run to the book sh- section to see right. if there was a new Hardy Boy book. So I kind of thought to myself, I want to kind of capture that same feeling. And I thought, okay, what's what if I have any kind of expertise? It's sort of military-oriented. So I decided I was going to just write uh, small books for young kids, you know, my, I had in my head my first book was going to be uh, a Marine lieutenant at Tarawa. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be, a, you know, a, a small little book that, you know, a seven or eight or nine, ten-year-old kid could go purchase and let his imagination run wild, you know, as he read sure. about what it was like to be a Marine at Tarawa. So, believe mm-hmm. it or not, I mean, I didn't, I kind of have it always, I never thought it in my head that I was going to be, write a book, but I knew I could... You know, from being in college and uh, and writing papers, I knew I was a fairly good writer. Right. I just sat down and started 
I, I just, you know, and it's kind of a great um, uh, motivator for somebody who's kind of trying to just do it. I mean, right. that, you know, that just do it. Well, I was sitting there, I said, I just started writing, not knowing where it would, where it would lead. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, the one page began, you know, beget two pages, beget three, beget four, and, and then I would go back and, and, and add a little bit more to page one and enhance mm-hmm. it. And, you know, before I knew what I had written 30 pages and, and as I was reading, I was like, boy, this stuff's good. I, you know, all the <laughs> military books I've read, I really enjoy reading this. And I thought good. maybe I'll onto something. Now, but, now, rem- now let me remember Taro, Taro was the, uh, was actually before Iwo Jima wow. in the, uh, Pacific theater, which would have put right. us in about what, November of, uh, 43 or 44. Yep, November November 20th, 1943 and that was um yeah, about a year and a half before Iwo Jima. In fact, this was the first island that the Marines attacked where the Japanese uh troops were waiting for them, where they were dug in. But uh whereas Iwo Jima was a fairly big island mm-hmm. um and that that Iwo Jima took 6 weeks for the Marines to take that island. Iwo, I mean, the Taro was a very small little island, two oh, miles long and at its widest point, 800 yards, and the battle lasted three and a half days. Wow. You know, I, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I lost an uncle in Iwo Jima. So I, I no, I did not know that. In that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so all right. Well, as, uh, as we're kind of winding down on our time here, Jim, um, can, I, can you give us a, uh, just kind of a quick overview of the book, and uh, I guess most importantly, where can somebody get their hands on it? Sure. You, you, it, it, actually, I self-published it. One of my friends here at the fire department uh, kind of motivated me and said, hey, you know, because getting a book published is extremely difficult, and uh, it's time-consuming, and it wears you down. So he said, hey, just self-publish it. And I, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to do that. I want to. It's a dream I've had. And... Um, so I decided to self-publish it. So okay. right now you can it's on sale at uh, Amazon.com. Okay. All right. Put, put my name in James F. Dwyer, or the title, which is Annihilation Beach. Okay. Well, once again, we thank you, Jim. Uh, this is uh, James F. Dwyer, author of Annihilation Beach. Thank you so much for joining us on Watchdogs Radio today. Thank you so much, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in another edition of Watch Dogs Radio. Watch Dogs Radio is a production of the Dads of Great Students program of the National Center for Fathering. For more information on the Watch Dogs program and how to bring this great program to your school, go to fathers.com slash watchdogs. Remember, the only schools that don't have a Watch Dogs program are the ones that just don't know enough about us. And now for Eric and Chris and the staff at the Watch Dogs National Office in Springdale, This is Keith Shoemaker. Be sure to join us next week. Have a great week.